0: Live out the last 12 months, different seasons in our lives. Some of you went into a season of welcoming children into your lives. Some of you welcomed grandchildren into your lives, and it's a, it's a whole new season. Others of us said farewell to some loved ones, and, and that's a, a different season that we all enter into it different times. Sometimes the season of 2022 wasn't that great in your health and you are hoping, looking forward to better health in 2023. Sometimes we uh, start a new job, a new career in the previous year. Sometimes we're starting a new relationship and we move into a, a new season of our lives then. And some of you started attending church here in 2022, and it's awesome to have you with us, and especially welcoming those who are visiting with us today. But you know, Isaiah 43 says this, Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. God simply says, we can look back and remember the past uh, 20, uh, 12 months, but we can't live in the past. We actually live in the direction we look. And the outlook that we have as we face the future in 2023 will determine our outcome. I love celebrating the new year. There's something fresh, isn't there? I know it's all just made up in our minds, really, let's be honest. Uh, the, you know, it's, it's just another day, isn't it? But there's something about it that makes us feel like it's a fresh start, like it's a new opportunity, maybe a new opportunity for a new you this new year. You might not realise it, but right now you are actually a new you. Do you know that uh, scientists not so long ago discovered that 98% of the atoms in your body that you had 365 days ago have now been made new but what about a new you spiritually what has God been doing and what are you looking forward to God doing in 2023 in you The new year is a great time, isn't it, to allow God to do something, to birth something. God is a God of the new, isn't he? He created the new covenant through Christ's blood. He he makes us a new creation. And each year he wants to progress us spiritually into being a new you. So as we start the new year, we're commencing a new summer sermon series. I've entitled it, Time to Invest. It's always at the start of a year, isn't it? When this is the right time to make some investments in your future. So over the next five weeks, we're going to be encouraged to invest time in God's plans, in God's purpose, in God's provision, in God's place and in God's path. Now when you invest... you've invested in anything, you always want to make a profit, don't you? When it comes to the stock market, uh, investors, uh, shrewd investors know the best time to buy and the best time to sell in order to maximise their rewards. But I want to say this to you, when it comes to the kingdom of God, you actually have to be willing to sell out everything here in the world if you're going to reap an eternal investment in the kingdom of heaven. Heaven is the best investment that you will ever make. And the people in this room are the best people that you'll ever invest in. Because people who are Christians here today, they are immortal. They are eternal. They are going to live somewhere with God forever. Isn't it great to be able to invest in people who are going to be in eternity with each one of us? So God's kingdom pays eternal dividends when you invest. There's a true story uh, out of Philadelphia. There was a man who went to a garage sale and for four bucks he bought an oil painting. And uh, he noticed when he got it home that the back was a bit torn. So he started to rip and tear, and he discovered in the back there was the 21st, uh, 25th edition of the Declaration of Independence. Pretty valuable document. He ended up uh, turning that $4 investment into $8.1 million dollars. But you know what, I think that if you invest in the kingdom of God this year, if you invest in the things of heaven, you will reap an eternal reward. And so I want to just invite you to buy into the kingdom of God. You can invest your time in a lot of places, but there is only one place that will give you an eternal reward. So the title of the first message for 2023 is How to Face Your Future. If you've got your Bibles there and you want to open up to James chapter 4, verse 13 through to 17, I'll read the text for you this morning and then we'll launch into it. James begins, verse 13. Now listen. It means pay attention, listen up. It indicates something of the seriousness of what follows here. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow what is your life you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes instead you ought to say if it is the lord's will we will live and do this or that as it is you're boasting you boast and brag all such boasting is evil Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Let's pray for the Word of God this morning, shall we? Oh Lord, it's good to have a new year. It's good to have the first message being delivered by your Holy Spirit to us this morning. God, I pray this morning that you would keep people's eyes open, their hearts attentive, and their ears listening to what your Spirit has to say to them. That they wouldn't just spend this time here, but Lord, this would be an investment that they make in their relationship with you and one another. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the first thing when facing the future is plan with God. Plan with God. God. Verse 13, we drop in on a conversation between a couple of entrepreneurs, a couple of go getters with a a business plan for the future. They think they've got it all figured out. And James says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. So they think they know the when, they think they know the where, the, the how, the what, the why. Make some cash. But in their planning, they forgot the most important thing, the who. You know, in Proverbs uh, 16, verse 9, it says there, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but it's the Lord that directs their steps. So let me ask you this How do you plan to spend the next year of your life? Some of you are thinking, hey, hang on a minute. I didn't come here for all this deep sort of thinking stuff. Have you thought about it? What comes to mind? Who came up with that plan? I think on the first uh, Sunday of every new year, I always say these words. If you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. Folks, making plans is a good thing, but planning without God, without the acknowledgement of the Almighty, is very presumptuous, isn't it? And it could lead you into a very precarious position, because if you plan without God, then you really fail to plan. Because God is the one who controls the future. So don't leave God out of your plans. Make sure you plan with God. And then whatever the new year holds, you can claim uh, Jeremiah 29 who says for the I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. So the whole idea is if if God knows the plan and you don't know what tomorrow holds, then you align yourself with God's plan and you can confidently walk into the future. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I want you to know that as you move past 2022 into 23, it doesn't matter how young you are, it doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter whether you're employed or unemployed, it uh, doesn't matter what the situations and circumstances of your life are, if you will make your plans with God, the Bible tells us that He will prosper you. It means you'll be successful. You will grow. You will flourish. You will excel. You will develop something in your life that God has planned for you. So maybe it's a good time of the year to stop and ask, is God asking you to make some plans? And how many of you are needing to change some plans to align your plans with God? You know, in Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. That's not saying much, Caitlin, is it? The wisest man who ever lived. He was trying to find the meaning of life. He was trying to find God's plan for him, his purpose for him. And he came to this conclusion that life under the sun, without the sun, Jesus Christ, is meaningless. You and I, we've probably come to that conclusion, haven't we? What are we doing on this rock? What's the point? Why do I get up in the morning? Why do I work so hard? And then hopefully I get to 80 or 90, and then dust. There's got to be more to life than that, doesn't there? And what's his great words from Ecclesiastes 1, verse 2? Meaningless! Meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. I hope you didn't wake up this morning that depressed. When it says meaningless there, it means super empty. It's actually in the Hebrew. It actually means what you've got left after a soap bubble bursts. I was going to bring a little bubble maker on the stage. Spray everybody with bubbles. Because bubbles, we love bubbles, don't we? Bubbles make us smile. Ooh, the bubbles. Alina, do you like bubbles? Yes. But when they pop, you've got nothing left. That's life without God. That's life in the world without his plans and purposes for you. So do you know what God wants for your life? Have you asked him? Folks, include God in your goal settings and you will prosper. So James asks us a very important question there. What is your life? (gasps) You know, Benjamin Franklin, he quoted as saying this. Time, that's the stuff life is made of. Time is your life. Time is your life. Your life is only made up of time. Therefore, the most important commodity that you have, far more important than money, because you can always make more money. You can always get more money. You can always find more money. Sharon's dad found $8,000 under his bed. Money can come, can't it? But you can't ever find more time. You've got 168 hours to invest every single week. No more, no less. So time is the most precious commodity. And so wasting your time has to be one of the biggest sins that you engage in. Because when you waste time, you waste your life. Because your life is made up of time. Folks, God doesn't want you to spend time. He doesn't want you to waste time. He wants you to invest time because where you spend your time is where you spend your life. So every day, 86,400 seconds of time to invest in something. But the funny thing about time is that if you don't use it, you lose it. You can't save time, can you? you think, oh yeah, I'm going to put that time away in the bank and I'll, I'll have that later on. And a lot of times we do that in our lives, don't we? When I, when the kids grow up, then I'll. When the mortgage is paid, then I'll. When I retire, then, then I'll. You, you, you think you can save your time? No, no, no. But the great thing about time is that it doesn't matter how much money you've got. It doesn't matter how good-looking you are. It doesn't matter about your, your physique. it doesn't matter about who you are or what you do for a living. Every single one of you in this room has exactly the same amount of time to invest in God's plan in order to prosper. You know, it's been said that time drags or time flies, but it never, ever stops. It was C.S. Lewis who said this, though no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start, start now and make a brand new ending. So the starting point of facing the future is simply to say, what does God want me to do? What does God want you to do this year? How does he want you to invest your time? What does he not want you to do in order to be prosperous? James says we should preface all of our planning with that phrase, if the Lord wills, then life won't be meaningless you know christians for hundreds of years when they uh, write a letter uh, they would sign it at the bottom and then they would have these two initials uh, dv dio valente and it simply means god willing they prefaced their whole lives god willing james says that ought to be our response to life it's okay to plan and it's probably not okay to include god in your plans God bless my plans. But to say, God, what is your plan for me this coming year? Well, next, when facing the future, don't make the mistake of presuming about tomorrow. How often do we do that? Oh, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll have some time tomorrow. And yet here in verse 14, well, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's a pretty sobering thought, isn't it? I thought I was a bit more than that, but I'm not, apparently. In fact, we don't know what the future holds, do we? And so that's why as Christians we have that hope that we know the one who holds the future, amen? Folks, life is unpredictable. Sadly, too many people today are living very stressed and anxious lives. They're worried about war. They're worried about uh, health. They're worried about the economy. They're worried about climate change. And you know one of the things I've discovered? Ignorance is bliss. There is a reason why God does not want you to know the future. There is a reason why you don't know what's going to happen, never mind five years or ten years down the track. You don't even know what's going to happen when you get up and go out today. And you know why? That's a blessing, not a liability. Sometimes we think, oh, if I just knew the future. I tell you what, if you got a glimpse of the future, you might not even get up out of those seats. You might be so afraid of what might happen. You see... God actually has instilled within us this trust in him. See if I don't know what's going to happen and you're just like me human, frail then what we need to do is we need to make sure that we are trusting in God who actually holds our future in his hands you know uh, Christians here they were planning a year ahead confidently saying we will um I no don't get myself in trouble here, but uh, it wouldn't be the first time. I'm not a big fan of vision casting. I'm not a big fan of, you know, first day of the year. I know a lot of churches do it, and I don't, you know, that's, that, that's okay. Uh, but I think it all came a little bit unstuck in 2020. A lot of churches say, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and by the end of this year, we're going to have this, and we're going to, you know. And then all of a sudden, all of that went out the door. Because nobody really... Most of this stuff's all man-conceived, not God-ordained. Most of it's made up as we go along. You know, the reality is in 2023, when the future hits you, it's going to take most of us by surprise. To us, life seems long, doesn't it? We measure it in years. Happy birthday, Francis. But in Psalm 90 verse 12, it says, Teach us to number our days, to make the most of our time, that we may grow in wisdom. So God tells us to number our days because we can only live one day at a time. Psalm 39 is a great reminder here. Lord, make me to know my end, and what is the measure of my days, that I may know how frail I am. Remember when you were young? Some of you still are young. Bulletproof, hey? Thought you were invincible. Thought you were going to live forever. Yeah? Now when you're oldy like me, you're thinking, oh yeah, that's right, it's a bit frail, isn't it? This could end at any moment. Indeed, you have made my life the width of my hand. Has anyone got a wider hand? That's pretty confronting, isn't it? My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, at best, church. Each of us is but a breath. And that's it. Folks, life is short. And if life really is that short, then it's too precious to waste. Billy Graham was once asked uh, what the most surprising thing in his life was. This is what he said. What do you think of that? It's true, isn't it? Missionary Adoniram Judson, he said this, A life once spent is irrevocable. It will remain to be contemplated through eternity. The same may be said of each day. When it is once passed, it is gone Forever. You see, God wants you to know certain realities as you invest your time in the kingdom of God because you are immortal. In Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, it says, He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. We live for eternity. Today is not all there is. Martin Luther once said this, On my calendar, there are only two days, today and that day. That day that he's talking about is that day when he stands before God and gives an account of how he invested the time that God gave him here on earth. Folks, life is brief. That word mist, it's the Greek word atmos. It's where we get the word atmosphere. You know, over the winter, sometimes we would wake up in the morning and there'd be a fog, wouldn't there? Yeah? And you think this fog's never going to lift. But by noon, it's all gone. And that's what he's saying our lives are like. That's why Pablo Picasso once said this, only put off until tomorrow what you are willing to die having left undone. John Blanchard explained it this way, the moment a man is born he begins to die. And that death could be at any time, by design, disease, disaster or decay. Man is not here to stay, he is here to go. I'm loving this. I just think... Just because the future's uncertain, it's brief. It doesn't mean that we have to get all uptight and get paralysed with fear. Oh, I'm not going to leave the house just in case something happens. No, it should actually motivate you to trust God more. You know the proverb, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Remember the Lord. Remember what he's done for you, yeah? And then you can walk confidently into the future. He will make straight your paths. So we can face the future with confidence. That's what counts. David in Psalm 35, he said this, Lord, my days are in your hands. Can I, can I, God wants to invite you today to put your life in his hands. What we do is we go, yeah, 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 okay. Then by the time we leave and something happens, yeah, no, I better take control of this thing myself. He wants you to put your life in his hands. None of us knows how long we're going to live. So here's the solution. Jesus says in Matthew 6.34, So don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrows too. Live one day at a time. We don't know what the future holds, but we know the one who holds the future. We don't have to worry about what's going to happen at the end of this year and next year. God has just given us time in bite-sized, 24-hour pieces. So finally, when facing the future, participate with God. Do not go your own way. Anytime you are feeling that you are going your own way, you are walking away from the cross, you should see a big sign up that says, Stop, turn around, go back. James 4.15 Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you're boasting and bragging. All such boasting is evil. To boast is to exalt yourself above God. It's to say, oh, obviously, I know better than God. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Sins. So James takes us from these uh, selfish uh, investors in themselves to this selfless investment that he wants us to make in others. People often, when they think of uh, the Lord's will, what's the Lord's will? We tend to think about it in terms of location, don't we? Where, Where he wants me to be. But actually the Lord's will is about transformation. It's more about who he wants you to become. So we should always refer to God's will, defer to God's will, and prefer God's will. In Ephesians uh, chapter 5 it says this. Live life then with a due sense of responsibility. Not as ones who don't know the meaning of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time. Of course you've all seen the Dead Poets Society? Latin? Carpe Diem? Seize the day i think we've got to go one better than that i think we've got to go capo uh, carpe momento which actually means seize each moment of every day make the most of our time that we have left so let me ask you this are you living your life responsibly the opposite of course is irresponsibly yeah Literally in the Greek it means don't stumble through life, don't just drift along, think it through. You see, knowing the meaning of life should empower the way that we live in order to watch how we invest our time. What happened there? It's all right, Ethan, you've got a couple of seconds because I've got a little bit to go before we get to the next slide. Now when he's talking about investing our time, he's actually talking about procrastinating. I think I'm the chief procrastinator here. You know, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Well, I I will. (laughs) Something in my human nature. It takes me time to, to gather my thoughts. But the truth of the matter is, when you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, the Bible actually says that is a sin. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 12, Solomon came to this revelation saying this, I know that there is nothing better for man than to be happy and do good while they live. That everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. So God has actually created us to do good, to do good works for him, do do good, good works that he created us for. That's what our time on earth is all about. Time is a gift. And if God's given you the gift of time, then you are obligated to open that gift and use that gift and enjoy that gift. And the two things we do with life, yeah? Be happy, do good. And you know that if you're someone who does good, then that makes you happy. It's just the natural outworking of things. But procrastination. Procrastination is very subtle, isn't it? Procrastination is when you say, Someday I'll... One of these days I'll get around to. Whenever you do that... You presume you've got tomorrow. You know, uh, sometimes when I'm sermon writing, I find it very hard sometimes to get my thoughts and everything together and academically put it down on paper, you know, and I I think, uh, I'll I'll do it tomorrow. And before long, I know it's Saturday night and I'm freaking out! Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. It's an investment. You see, we procrastinate because we always think we've got tomorrow. But God says, you don't have any guarantee of that. So the solution is do it now. Proverbs 3, do not withhold good from those who deserve it. When it is in your power to act, do not say to your neighbour, come back later, I'll give it tomorrow. When you now have it with you. So if someone asks you to do them a favour today and you have the ability to do it, you should act on it right now. Don't procrastinate. To procrastinate is actually to waste time. John Wesley had a simple but profound rule for his life. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, in all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Simple principle. Every time you can do good to someone, do good to someone. So is there some good that you have been putting off? Is there something that God's maybe prompting you around now? Oh, Andrew, you don't understand. I don't have the time for that. I don't have the time to invest in other people. I'm doing my own thing. Let me tell you this. God has given you just enough time. Each and every day to fulfill his plans. And if you have not fulfilled his plans in that day, you have wasted his time. He's given us just enough time. So what investment have you made in people that will last forever? Because that's the great thing, isn't it? That's the great thing about the church. As we invest in one another, we're investing in eternity. So... There are three things we can do with our time. We can spend it, we can waste it, or we can invest it. But we cannot save it. Time waits for no one. Have you heard that uh, phrase, Sharon? Just killing time. It might have come up in our conversation last night as we were waiting for the fireworks. And I said to Sharon, just remember that. It's something that we really should take out of our thought processes. Maybe you could agree with me never to say or think like that again. Because what you're actually doing is you're actually killing your life. Because your life is made up of time. Here's a question for you. If you had to pay $100 for the next hour of your life, would that change the way that you would spend that hour. Well, God sent his son, didn't he, to pay for you. That's his investment that he's made in your life. The question I have for you today is, what sort of return is God getting from his investment in you? Folks, you can't make more time, but you certainly can invest your time and prioritise your time. Church, the new year is filled with lots of investment opportunities. God wants you to invest in him. Invest in the one who in Revelation said, Behold, I make all things new. That's how we face the future in 2023. So whatever you're planning this year, let God direct your plans. Don't presume you've got tomorrow. Invest in today. And the best investment you will ever make in is in others. So whatever you do. Wherever you go, wherever life takes you, let me sign off today with those initials. D.V. Dio Valente. God willing. Will you be at the end of this year having fulfilled God's plan for you? As the worship team uh, just prepares to come back, We've got a young man who is leaving us. Today will be his last Sunday. And he is going on, I'm going to call it, the trip of a lifetime. He's uh, taking a year. He's looking to go around Australia. And uh, he's been planning with God for quite some time. Uh, Ethan, Ethan Davies, come forward. Put your hands together for Ethan. Uh, uh, Stay down there, mate. Here we go. Ethan's going to be uh, 21 uh, next week. Is it next Saturday? Is it, what's the date? Thursday, next Thursday. Uh, so he's, uh, you know, when I turned 21, my dad said, well, Andrew, you're all the man you'll ever be. Go, get out of here. Ethan's taking a big trip uh, around Australia. Uh, he's been planning it for, how long have you been planning this trip for? Four years. And in four years, none of us have been able to talk him out of it. <laughs> uh, he's taking his dog with him, and uh, he is going to uh, trek off into the never-never, so to speak. Uh, I think the, the, the grand plan is to get all the way up to uh, uh, Chad Sloan in uh, Broome, uh, and uh, we'll see how we go. Uh, so, mate, we just want to uh, pray a blessing upon you, uh, and uh, uh, pray God's speed, God's strength, uh, and God's wisdom in every decision that you're going to make uh, each and every day uh, in this year. Why don't we stand together? Let's pray for this guy. Father, it's been a wonderful blessing. You know, we talk about looking back, and I remember this little boy coming in to this church in 2009. And uh, Father, I've had the wonderful blessing of seeing him grow into the man that he is today. I've seen him face adversity and come through and continue to face forward into the future you have for him with courage and conviction. And I thank you, Lord God, for the spirit that is in him and the desire that he has for adventure and to uh, leave no rock unturned, Mm -hmm. to make the most of every opportunity. Lord, we would pray today for him. Father, that you would provide for his every need. God, that you would hedge him about and protect him from any unwelcome things that might want to come upon him. And that, Lord God, you would lead and guide him towards godly men and women that would support him and encourage him and spur him on. And that, Lord God, you would continue to inspire him each and every day. And, Father, as we hear back from him, for us to be inspired that you have fulfilled the things that you birthed in him four years ago. And so, God, we commission him now. We send him off in your name. And, Lord God, we ask that you bring him back to us, filled, Lord God, with uh, uh, hope and wisdom, and understanding of the world that he lives in. And Father, there would be special blessings along the way that you would just prosper him in all that he does as he commits this plan to you. And we pray it now in Jesus' name. And everyone says? Amen. Amen. Bless you.